listening to episode 60 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Eli. I am solo right now, not with Andrew, who is your other host. If you've never listened to Caucus Talk before, welcome. We are a positive voice of news from the North Caucasus. Uh, Andrew and I are both Americans. We both live in the North Caucasus with our families, and we want people to hear what you won't hear on most media outlets, kind of the story behind the story. Today, we are joined by uh, our friend Dima, who runs an amazing tour outfit called Caucasus Explorer, and he's going to share with us about um, two areas in the Caucasus that are considered by some contested or by many countries, quote, unrecognized states. They're complicated. And we just wanted to use the intro to acknowledge that. We know that a lot of you of our listeners have a lot invested in these areas, probably in a way that we actually can't even understand. Um, And from different points of views and angles that are all valid in their own right. So as always, we're not trying to make uh, any kind of political statements here. Um, we just want to share with the world a little bit about a beautiful and admittedly complicated place. I think if there's anything I want to point out about uh, the interview, you'll hear that our guest, who actually is Russian, says his life changed when he came down to the Caucasus and put him on a whole new trajectory. And that's just really cool and Uh, I think a good example of what can happen here. So please enjoy and thank you so much for listening. All right. Welcoming to the Caucus Talk studio. Give it up for for Dima from Moscow. All right, Dima. Woo! Welcome. Hi. Hi, guys. All right. (laughs) Starting with enthusiasm. I like that. Like that. Now, Dima is short for Dimitri. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, you know, in Russia, we do like uh, short names, yeah. You guys love your nicknames. Dima, give us, uh, so your nickname would be like Dimachka, right? Uh, You know. Only for special friends. For a girl, that's right, that's right. (laughs) Don't you go calling him that, Andrew. (laughs) So Dima, tell us your full Russian name. Uh, I'm uh, Lemeshev Dmitry Balirievich. Valerievich, Valerievich. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dima, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and kind of how you got connected to the North Caucasus region. Uh, actually, that was uh, quite unexpected. Uh, d- despite uh, my grandmother till now lives in Krasnodar, which ah. is uh, deep south of Russia near the Caucasus. Okay. And actually, Cherkessian people, aborigines of the Caucasus, lived uh, in the territory uh, 200 years ago. But, right. uh, um, you know, now it doesn't look like Caucasus. And uh, culturally, I was never connected with Caucasus. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it just happened in 2009 mm-hmm. when uh, me and my friend decided to make a guidebook. Uh, just guidebook about Something. (laughs) (laughs) Anything. Uh, (laughs) Anything, yes. And uh, actually, I I was, uh, you know, when I was about 16 years old, I uh, 
understood that uh, all my life will be all about traveling. And uh, huh. in that time, in 2009, uh, I was more connected with India, Tibet, uh, Himalayan mountains and wow. so on. Now, how did you know at age 16 that your life was going to be connected with traveling? Mm, because uh, I read the books of uh, Jack Kerouac, uh, <laughs> you know, all of this. Uh, oh, yeah hippie culture, hitchhiking, and so on. And, uh, I started uh, hitchhiking in Russia, and uh, I understood that I really loved it. Is that considered, like, a normal, safe thing to do, or is that considered pretty crazy for Russians? You know, in that times, uh, it was more popular, ah. definitely more popular, and, uh, you know... Really, a lot of young people traveled uh, in Russia and uh, around the world uh, by hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, we didn't have much money. It was um, not much opportunities for students to earn money in that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, I hitchhiked from Lhasa to Moscow. It took me about a month. And a I month from Malaysia? Hitchhiked. No, no, Lhasa, Lhasa, uh, capital of Tibet. Uh, oh my capital goodness! Capital of Tibet. You hitchhiked. Yes, and uh, that's not as bad. Tibet instead of Malaysia. Oh yeah, that's closer than Malaysia. <laughs> Never <laughs> mind. No, much closer. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, uh, I've been twice in Europe uh, hitchhiking in the north and western Europe. Have you ever been to the U.S. by chance? <laughs> no, never. Yeah, it's interesting. The hitchhiking thing. You know, people are a little worried about your safety in the U.S. and getting picked up by a weirdo. But I feel like the biggest danger in Russia would just be not getting a ride and turning into an ice cube on the side of the road. <laughs> I guess it depends when you go. You know, it's, uh, I would say it's very safe to hitchhike in Russia. That would be my sense. So you, uh, at age 16, you knew traveling would be a big part of your life. In 2009, you and your friend decided to do a guidebook on and anything. then what happened? How did it get connected? Uh, and the then we start thinking, you know, in Russia, we really like tea and we sat on his kitchen and <laughs> drinking tea and uh, discussing, okay, guidebook, good idea. And uh, so about what? And um, uh, we had about a hundred uh, US dollars, uh, each of us. And uh, if we want to hitchhike, to India, for example, we would spend more even for visas because Pakistani yes, right. visas was quite expensive. That's why I don't do it, you know, often <laughs> anyway, but go on. <laughs> uh, and uh, in that, we already been to Caucasus. Like my friend already have been to uh, Karabakh. Uh, I've been, both of us been to Georgia and huh. I've been to North Caucasus uh, and Abkhazia. I've been to Abkhazia in 2003. Do you need uh, a visa to go down to the Transcaucasus from as a Russian citizen? Uh, no, no, we don't need uh, visas. Uh, we can travel over over Caucasus without oh. visas, and even uh, to uh, to some countries even without uh, passport. Passport without uh, international passport. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we decided to go to the Caucasus, and but you know, Caucasus uh, for you from USA it looks very small region, but uh, <laughs> but it is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not, and if you want to make a guidebook, you have to choose uh, the particular part. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you heard that in 2008, Russia recognized Abkhazia and South Ossetia as independent states. Right. 
Uh, and uh, we decided to make a guidebook about new countries wow. of the Caucasus. Like uh, these countries for us officially appeared, and we decided to make a guidebook because huh. we thought, okay, now tourists will go there because now the countries exist. And uh, that's very forward thinking, like seizing the opportunity. A true entrepreneur for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, and actually, we were quite optimistic about uh, time when that will happen. Mm, sure. We thought we saw that we will make a guidebook, and. Uh, Next summer, thousands of tourists. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see what's uh, optimistic about that at all. That sounds perfectly right to me. Uh, That's why I'm not no. a businessman. <laughs> uh, you know, now nowadays it's quite realistic. Like, uh, really, hmm. I feel that uh, maybe not next, but in two years it will be thousands of tourists visiting wow. i mean foreign tourists right not may yeah, it be yeah, yeah. may it be maybe you know but uh, we hope uh so. if a few people believe in something they start uh, behave they behave uh, like it will really happen and their behavior makes it happen dima we believe with you we're so inspired awesome. right now <laughs> we're gonna make this happen so All right. Did you guys make a guidebook in 2009? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, we, but you know, we went to the Caucasus. We spent uh, like six months uh, traveling around Abkhazia, Karabakh, South uh-huh. Ossetia. Uh-huh. And we made a small team of uh, people who collected information. We came back to Moscow and, uh, you know, we have two aims in the Caucasus. First one is to collect the information. And next uh, aim is to find investor <laughs> who will give uh, us money to publish the guidebook. But uh, we uh, haven't found uh, anybody. And uh, so we came back to Moscow with a huge amount of information. Wow. Uh, but uh, we start uh, writing everything down. And uh, we understood that uh, we have nothing to eat uh, because in the Caucasus we uh, survived because of uh, Caucasian hospitality. Right. People Interesting. invited us to their homes, uh, give us food. I lived in the monastery in uh, South Ossetia. Wow. And in Abkhazia, uh, we lived in the, just in tents uh, in the beach, uh, on the beach. And... Um, I made a massage on the beach, and uh, we started uh, selling chacha from Abkhazia to Moscow. So it it was a number of ideas how to survive. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> but you're saying you didn't come away with information about where to eat because you were always being fed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was, that's perfect. It's not a big problem to find food and place to sleep. Uh, but in Moscow, it is uh, not so easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had to start uh, working somewhere, and uh, uh, very soon we understood that okay, uh, we don't have money to publish the guidebook. We will make uh, a travel agency and start making tours, mm. and uh, that will bring us money very fastly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and then they will publish a guidebook. So there we go. Uh, that was a mistake. 
<laughs> that was a mistake because actually uh, we earned our first uh, significant amount of money uh-huh. enough to survive only in three or four years after that. Uh, so yeah, and uh, then when we made when we made a travel agency, we were so busy with uh, all these tours and so on. Uh, trying to survive that we just didn't have time to make a guidebook. Have you? So did you ever make the book? <laughs> it comes all comes back to the guidebook. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> so uh, the, then, then in a few years, we understood that, okay, now no, nobody reads uh, books. <laughs> so it's not uh, really, still not help the region if we publish a book because uh, who will read it? We need to make a good uh, website. Ah. Uh, like, you know, not not a guidebook, but uh, I don't know how it's in English. Yeah, guide website. Sure, <laughs> right. Makes sense. Or maybe application for iPhone or like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, I uh, hope in one month uh, we will finish. I will finish my guidebook about South. East. And this year in 2019. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it that is, is awesome. ten years. 10 years after. Well, you need to let us know when that thing comes out because we will be early adapters and buy it (laughs) right away. So listeners, uh, I want to clarify here. Dima didn't tell the full story. I know we just talked a lot about this guidebook, but in between 2009 and 2019, he really pioneered one of the first, if not the first, uh, tour agency that started bringing large groups of foreigners to the North Caucasus called Caucasus Explorer. That, is that correct, Dima? Yeah, we were pioneers uh, in a uh, few regions. I mean, of course, uh, a lot of foreigners uh, went to Elbrus area because right. you know, Elbrus is the highest peak and uh, one of seven peaks and uh, yeah. thousands, thousands of uh, people from all over the world go to Elbrus. But uh, we were pioneers in some remote uh, regions, and uh, uh, the route which we made in Dagestan now is very uh, becoming very famous, and everybody, almost everybody, go on this uh, route, and we always uh, make more and more uh, ideas of how to travel in the Caucasus and where to go to. Yeah, we definitely were pioneers in. Uh, uh, South Ossetia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the first in Karabakh and uh, uh, and first uh, who worked with foreigners in Abkhazia. Actually, wow. our first foreign group uh, in Abkhazia was in, 20, in 2013. That was 70 people from uh, Scandinavian countries. Wow. And for Abkhazian people, that was a big, big surprise. It was the biggest <laughs> I bet it group was. of foreigners ever been to Abkhazia. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Wow. So um, there's so much to discuss here. Let's start with Abkhazia. Abkhazia is the far western part of the North Caucasus. Um, it borders, it runs along the border of the Black Sea, almost all the way up to Sochi. And then on the south, it borders Georgia. Um, so tell us a little about Abhazia. Who are the Abhazians? Mm-hmm. Or how are they related to North Caucasus peoples, etc.? Yeah, so actually Abhazia is uh, South Caucasus, right? Uh, it's not the North Caucasus, it's South Caucasus. Uh, it's kind of, you know, 
It yeah. wouldn't be considered self-caucasus. I think it is South Caucasus, but culturally it is uh, more related with North Caucasus. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and uh, Abkhazian people, uh, they speak Abkhazian language, uh-huh. which is part of Abkhazian uh, group of languages. So it's related to the Circassian languages. So yeah, Adige or Circassian people gotcha. who live in the north, okay. in the uh-huh. Caucasus, uh, and uh, their traditions. Uh, uh, their traditions uh, more like Adige traditions. Okay. Uh, but, you know, they lived uh, together with uh, Mingradian people and Swan people for so many centuries. Uh-huh. And uh, Abkhazian lords, uh, they were in orbit of uh, Georgian uh, politics. Uh-huh. Uh uh, for many, many, many centuries, like uh, uh, actually, <laughs> that was one political um, uh, space. Yeah. Uh, uh, beginning from uh, really early times, like uh, from antique times. Wow. Uh, it was uh, politically and culturally too one one world. They were connected. For example, uh, <laughs> let's, let's look. Um, uh, at uh, cuisine, right? right. That is uh, a mixture of uh, Western Georgian cuisine and Circassian cuisine. Ah, okay. They have, uh, they have lots of uh, smoked, uh, you know, smoked cheese, uh, smoked meat, all the mm. smoked things, uh, which uh, you can find both um, in Mingredia Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in uh, Adygian uh, regions. So, Ming- let me cut in here. Uh, Mingrelian and Svans, those are uh, peoples within Georgia, correct? Uh, yes, that is sub-ethnic groups of uh, Georgians. Okay. They okay. have own language from uh, the language which people speak in uh, Tbilisi. Really? I didn't actually know that. Huh. Yeah, it's it's very far. You know, I lived in Kadori Valley for more than a month, and I uh, was among Swan people there. Uh-huh. And uh, I, you know, I lived there, I wanted to uh, communicate with people, uh-huh. but, you know, it's always great to speak uh, with people in their language. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I tried to make, uh, like, uh, I made notes about uh, words. Uh, there was three columns, uh, uh, Russian words, Georgian words, and Swan. And uh, mm. I had a list of, like, 30, 40 words. And, uh, uh, maybe just few of them, two or three, were same. Wow, man, that's like street linguist linguistics right there. Yeah. That's kind of I love it. That's super rough, but that's how you like do it on the street. You, I used to do that when I was living in West Africa. I would get like an English a label, a label that has like English on it, and then a, another language. You just start comparing mm-hmm. them. You can learn so much that way. You don't have to go wow. to class. Mm-hmm. So how many languages do you speak, by the way? <laughs> uh, not much. I speak Russian, English, and uh, I uh, studied Japanese in university, and now I'm trying to revive my Japanese. All right. Hmm. Konnichiwa, uh, man. And uh, I don't speak any Caucasian languages because uh, it's too many of them. <laughs> uh, okay, maybe I, I know a few phrases in sure. Ossetia because it's quite simple. Hmm. Uh, but other languages are just too... Difficult. It's too hard for me. You know that uh, uh, Adige languages uh, has um, uh, 
uh, sounds. Mm-hmm. Wow. And pronouncing them, that is a nightmare. <laughs> I just can't do that. <laughs> Chechen language uh, is uh, easier, I'm, I mean, in terms of number of sounds, mm-hmm. but still all this k, 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 Yes. Four different uh, types of k. <laughs> and uh, no, I just can't uh, distinguish what is that. Wow. Um, Man, so Abhazia, um, that's a really great overview, um, has a lot of cultural connections and historical connections, both the Georgia and uh, the Cherkess or Adik peoples. Um, so uh, what makes that region unique as far as tourism? What, are, what would you say are some of the top places to visit and why do tourists go there? You know, first of all, I would say that... Uh, I disagree with this uh, idea that tourism is about visiting places. Mm. Uh, you, you know, when nice. we, when we make uh, we, when we try to make a guidebook, uh, we met so many interesting people. We touched this culture, uh, and we had so much of uh, really great adventurous experience there. That when we start our travel agency we decide to share this experience with people mm. and we always and even when we uh, um, start writing our guidebook we understood that uh, it shouldn't be all about the places because uh, the greatest experience you can get uh, in the Caucasus is all about hospitality of people yes yep that's right and about uh, learning uh, the very diverse cultures and uh, not about the place because you know yeah Caucasus is beautiful of course but you cannot find uh, waterfalls uh, like uh, Iguazu or uh-huh. St. Angel in Venezuela or Victoria in Africa right, right? you cannot find uh, here you know even architecture yeah there are some brilliant uh, examples in Armenia and uh, uh-huh. in Georgia. Uh, but when I compare it with um, uh, ancient temples in India, mm, it's just okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh-huh. But, uh, uh, and with Gothic uh, churches uh, in Germany mm. or in Spain. Right. Um, it's, it's interesting, but... Uh, I wouldn't come to the Caucasus to see the churches. Mm -hmm. Of course, if I'm already here, yes, I will go there and I will try to understand uh, uh, about them. Of course, I will be really impressed by uh, stone carvings there and uh, frescoes and so on. Uh, But me personally, I wouldn't come to the Caucasus because of the... Architecture. You're saying yeah. those those things in the Caucasus are probably not world class in and of themselves. Is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, okay, like Armenian and Georgian churches, like uh, middle class, <laughs> <laughs> no, middle class, not not the top. Uh, right. So, like a podcast. Uh, Sorry, but uh, Caucasian hospitality. That is something outstanding. World class. Uh, yeah. yeah, that is world class. Uh, like, for example, in, in Dagestan, I uh, hitchhiked uh, there and uh, trying to, you know, uh, 
learn about the area, find something interesting, and uh, I'm coming to the village. Uh, I go to the uh, head of the village, uh, and uh, he is tell me, okay, from this moment you are my guest, and then I have everything. Wow. Food, uh, <laughs> Uh, house, uh, all support in the village to find, you know, people and so on. Then I'm telling you that, you know, I really thank you very much, but I have to <laughs> leave your house because <laughs> I have to explore other villages too, because Dagestan is so great, you know. Yes. He said, yeah, of course, of course, just give me a minute. Mm -hmm. And he called his friend living in the village where I'm going to. Wow. Uh, he told me, get in my car right? <laughs> and he uh, his friend from that village in the middle of the road wow uh i go to the car of his uh, friend <laughs> and his friend taking me to the village and the same he shows me his village, <laughs> full support food so on uh, then he asked me so where are you going to now uh -huh. to this village okay give me a minute he calls to his uh, relative <laughs> from that village so this is a chain, and yeah. So, uh, I know just few places in the world where it would work like this. Wow! Right. And uh, once, okay, we are talking not about Dagestan. We are talking about Abkhazia. Uh, in Abkhazia, we come to the mountain village uh, Pshu, uh, and uh, we want to eat something. And uh, we ask, uh, we met Abkhazian uh, workers constructing the hotel in that village. Uh -huh. uh, uh, that was the first, and till now it's the only hotel there. <laughs> uh, it's, by the way, crazy idea to make a hotel in that village, but okay. Uh, <laughs> so we met these people and they invite us, stay with us. Uh, like, uh, we say, oh, do you have milk? They say, no, we don't have, but uh, uh, we can try to help you. Uh, we tell them, but, but how, you know, we already ask so many people about the milk and everybody say that cows are in the mountain pastures. That's why we don't have milk because we don't have cows now. And they say, no, but we know one woman, one old lady who have the cow and she have the milk. Uh, she lives in that uh, house. We say, no, no, we already been there. She don't have. <laughs> he smiles, no. <laughs> And uh, he go to that uh, house and uh, oh, yeah. ask this uh, woman. By the way, she's Russian. That is uh -huh. who is Russian village uh -huh. in the mountains. She, he uh, tells her that uh, you know we have guests. Uh, we need milk to feed them. Uh, she says, but you know I cannot give you milk because uh, I already promised somebody to sell them this milk. And uh, this Abkhazian man tells her, but, you know, those people are not here. <laughs> <laughs> the future. Ouch. We have guests now. right here and right now. Oh, man. So, uh, <laughs> you understand? Wow. Guests is here. Uh, everything must be uh, forgotten. You, you have to forget everything. Oh, All the business you have, uh, everything, you should find the food and uh, give all what you have to your guests. Wow. So uh, that milk probably tasted pretty, pretty good. 
<laughs> yeah, how was the milk actually? <laughs> <laughs> Might be hard to drink a glass of that. Milk, milk from mountains, of course. It's uh, very tasty. That's awesome. And you know, my Caucasian partners and friends, they always surprised. Like, for example, then they uh, treated like a guest somebody from Moscow in the Caucasus. And then they are going to come to Moscow. They are in Moscow and they call their friends. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm here. And the friend answer, uh, okay, that's great. You know, But, you know, I have so many things to do today. So maybe let's meet in three days. Mm, wow. <laughs> and they meet in the restaurant and then they share the bill. Whoa. Wow. Share the bill. Why? It's impossible. Yeah. Like, here, you pay for the guest. Uh, so sometimes Moscow people from Moscow, even who have already been to the Caucasus, right, just can't understand that. Andrew's always trying to split the bill with me, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> I thought you lived in the Caucasus, man. False statement. That's not true. Um, Dima, I imagine you. Uh... You have a lot of friends in the Caucasus. You must be uh, footing a lot of bills <laughs> in, in Moscow when they come to the big city. Uh, you know, I'm uh, pretty lucky because they don't really go to Moscow. With you. You know, they all tell all their neighbors and their neighbors tell their neighbors, you can all go to Moscow anytime because we know a guy. We've got this guy. We've got a guy D- there. Dmitry Valerovich. He'll obviously take care of everything. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. No, actually, I'm uh, I'm always happy to meet uh, people from the Caucasus in Moscow. Yeah, so I'm happy. Caucasus changed me. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, that was an amazing um, spiel. Like, it's true. Tourism is when, especially when you're talking about the Caucasus, it's not just about the place. It's about the people and the hospitality. Those were really great stories. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and about culture, because uh, you know, uh, we are talking about Abkhazian South Ossetia now, and uh, really to understand uh, what is uh, going on in their heads uh, uh, about uh, their religion, it's really hard because um, it's so interesting mixture of uh, Christianity and. Uh, their local traditions, huh. uh, because you know Christianity uh, had uh, few waves of uh, invention uh-huh. to the Caucasus. Okay, uh, like uh, Christianity came uh, to Abkhazia in uh, the, no in fourth fourth century. Actually, wow, you know, wow. one of the disciples of Christ have been to the Caucasus, Simon Cananid. Uh, huh. So it was first century. Then, um, uh, in uh, time amazing. of Roman Empire, that there was a Christian community in Pitsunda. Huh. Uh, then uh, Abkhazia get Christianity from uh, Byzantium. Uh-huh. Uh, become became Christian, as I remember, in seven, seven or eight century. Uh, and uh, then. Uh, in Turkish time, of course, Christianity couldn't be supported by any cultural centers. So people start coming back to their traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, I wouldn't say pagan, paganism, but you know they believe in uh, spirits. They, yeah, yeah. They pray in the groups, and uh, they believe that uh, uh, Alpine meadows are holy places mm-hmm. because you know you are. 
high in the mountains is a clear right clean place which is close to heaven mm-hmm. uh, quite an, it's an understandable conclusion i mean mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. quite honestly <laughs> Uh, and till till now, many families they have interesting mixture of uh, Christianity and uh, Abkhazian uh, uh, tradition, huh. and, and same in South Ossetia. Uh, you ask some people, they answer you, they're Christian. Other people will answer that we are paganists. Uh-huh. Other people will <laughs> answer something strange, like we we do both. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. You know, in the North Ossetia, last summer, been uh, in North Ossetia, they have uh, about five ten percent of Muslim people, uh-huh. and uh, I was invited for Uraza uh, Bayram, for you know, yeah, Muslim celebrating the end of yeah. uh, Ramadan month, right? And uh, the first toast was about uh, praying to God. Uh-huh. Uh, giving thanks to him uh, to good Ramadan, to good holy months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you understood, right? Sure. Yes. Yep. You are toasting after you drink in vodka, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of uh, of these, what you might say, like conflicting dynamics in the Caucasus. Like, right. but best of both worlds, you know. <laughs> And that is it for this week's episode number 60 of Caucus Talk. Thank you for listening. Just like Andrew said, we're going to pick it up next week, the first Tuesday of the month, with the continuation of this double-length interview with Dima. He will take us into a deep dive of South Assetia, and after that, give a few insider tips for those looking to travel into the region. A lot of great content then. Don't want to miss it. Who is digging this Abkhazian remix. I am. See you next week.